few weeks ago, we had St. Matthew's version of this parable, and St. Matthew has a little bit more uh, oomph to it. Uh, the master sends his, his servants to uh, slaughter the people, uh, well, mainly because the people slaughter uh, the messenger. Uh, here, of course, it's, they all come up with excuses. I cannot come. I just bought a farm. I have five yoke of oxen. I married a wife. And uh, I, I shared when we had Matthew's account, I believe it was a Sunday, of my friend and one of her favorite stories, a father who was a little frustrated and said, I would come but, I would come but, and more people are going to hell on their butts. But the other, there's another story that comes to mind, and, and this passage is one that's familiar. I was sharing yesterday, um, unlike most families where the teens inflict music on their parents, it was the other way around in my family. My mom inflicted music on us. So I know Henry VIII backward and forward. Uh, Herman's Hermits, so oh, I know every song of theirs. I'm not really, I, it's been a long time, but I, I can rattle them off. But one of my mom's favorite groups was a group of sisters, religious, or sisters of mercy, I believe it was, Mission, uh, Mission Sisters of Mercy, and they had a record out, and there was a song on that, one of her favorites, and it was, I cannot come. And the refrain, I won't sing it, but I cannot come to the banquet, don't bother me now. I've got me a wife, I've bought me a cow. I have fields and commitments, it cost me a pretty sum. Please consider me excused, I cannot come. And uh, it's kind of a catchy beat to it. And the more I reflect on all those excuses, there's something important for us to remember especially those, the, the whole wife thing, it might be throw a clinker in this, but uh, even there, uh, some, some people, and, and we forget that there were dowries attached, that if you couldn't pay for the bride, you, you couldn't get married or you married low. But it was the wealth, the stuff that kept them away from responding to the call of God, the call of the master, I should say. And this stuff that keeps us away from the call of God so often, isn't it? If we're filled with too much stuff, I think those of us that have had experience of going to mission territory, some of us have gone to Guatemala, or some have gone to the inner city and dealt with the homeless, or, or somebody like Mary Jo Copeland, who time and again deals with those that are hungry and, ho and homeless, there is an immediacy about their response to God because they don't have anything. And there is a sense of joy about them. And I, I, I see joy, especially among the last time, it's been a while since I've been to Guatemala, but I, I saw a tr tremendous joy in their hearts that I don't see sometimes here. And I think it has to do with their poverty. They know what they don't have. But more importantly, they know what they do have. They have God. We have God. But so often we've made stuff more important. I think when we let stuff become more important, we do not respond to God's invitation. And I think that's what St. Paul, uh, there's a connection uh, between our gospel reading and, and our first, uh, first reading today, and St. Paul telling us, have the same attitude that is ours in Christ Jesus. And this poverty that Jesus Christ grasped, and we've also had this lately, this passage, but this grasping that Jesus Christ did not do, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God as something to be grasped or the better, or as something to be exploited for personal gain. 
Rather, he emptied himself, becoming poor, becoming a slave, much like St. Martin de Porres that we honor today. St. Martin didn't have much of anything, and as a Dominican, had even less, shared everything in common with his fellow brothers, and yet, because of his poverty, was able to respond to the call of God. Now, I'm not saying that we all have to become poor. Of course, if you want to get rid of your riches, the church is always in need. That's a joke, by the way. But can we have a detachment from the stuff? And here we are in Election Day as well, and, and more than any other, I see that people are so attached to, if my, if my candidate doesn't get in, I think we should rather pray is a candidate that's going to most honor God in all levels going to be the one we elect? Is the one that's going to uh, protect life? The one that's going to protect rights, religious rights being foremost? Is the one who's going to serve God? Is the one who's willing to become poor? Not necessarily financially, but poor. Is he going to, or is she going to, be elected?